This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, you talk about locked in. Sanchez has two doubles tonight. One down the right field line and one about eight feet fair down the left field line. Not only is it a guy who's hot swinging the bat, but you can see how locked in Freddie Sanchez is with the way he's taking pitches. Yeah. That's in the air to left center field, and the Giants have their first lead of the night. Another double. That was Freddie Sanchez with the third of three doubles in game one of the 2010 World Series. Freddie was just what the doctor ordered for the Giants, acquired in 2009, and ready to contribute as a stabilizing force in the lineup for 2010. And you all know what happened in 2010. We go inside Freddie Sanchez's Giant Moments. Now, now, now. This is Inside Giant Moments. Presented by T-Mobile. Our franchise has countless memorable, iconic moments. Join Mark Willard as he connects with our former players who lived these moments to relive the emotions, the stories, and the joy. Freddie Sanchez joins the Inside Giant Moments podcast. This will be really good, Freddie, an an acquisition for the Giants at a really, really big time. Uh, Freddie, first and foremost, thank you so much for doing it. Of course, guys. It's always good to be on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's, let's start right away with how you became a Giant. And on the surface, it... It would seem like a strange time. It's 2009. You're announced as an all-star for the third time, and the Pirates said they they offered you a new deal, but then, bang, a couple of weeks later, they trade you to the Giants. So what happened there? You know, it was crazy. At that time, um, you know, uh, we felt like they were they were kind of cleaning house. You know, Jack Wilson got traded. Um, Jay Bay was gone, like, they were kind of cleaning house with everybody over there. So we, me and Jack, who is one of my great friends and uh, my double play partner in Pittsburgh forever, we actually played high school ball together. We kind of knew the time was coming, and it, it hurt because I, I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. We both did. Um, and uh, it just didn't work out. And actually, when I got traded, it uh, I was hurt. You know, I was hurt. I remember being on the training table in San Francisco. I had a – a knee issue. And, um, and so I was kind of nervous and scared. Cause I'm like, man, the last thing I want to do is get traded to a team and, and, and be hurt and disappoint everybody, <laughs> you know, disappoint. I won't be able to play when I get traded. So I, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen after I got, um, seen in San Francisco. And, uh, it turns out when I found out the trade went through, I was, I was kind of shocked and, 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 uh, obviously it was, it was a, disappointing as a fact from I was leaving Pittsburgh that's kind of basically who I felt I only knew and that was my home at the time so it was disappointing that aspect but you know um things happened for a reason and once I got over to San Fran it was and got healthy it was just uh wow I couldn't have asked for a better place to be 
Well, and you mentioned it a couple times there that you were uh, seeing the, the trainers there in San Francisco. This trade happened right after a game in San Francisco. So you're already, you're already at the stadium when you find out. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, my wife was actually on her way to the um, airport to fly back to Pittsburgh. Cause that was a uh, shoot. I think that was our last game in, in San Fran. So I, you know, I was, I didn't know until the last minute I was basically um, cleaning out. We were getting ready to leave and they're like, all right, don't, you know, you're not, don't pack up your stuff yet. You're not getting on, on the bus to go to the airport or whatever. And I'm like, what? I, I go, I, I, you know, I, obviously I thought something was up, but it was just a whirlwind that day. I mean, we were in San Francisco. I get traded to San Francisco. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So my wife had to fly back to Pittsburgh on her own and pack up everything and get back out to San Fran. So it, it was definitely, you know, those crazy stories you hear about guys getting traded and the wives and the girlfriends having to go pack up everything and do everything is, is pretty much a true story. <laughs> it's amazing. So, I mean, take me through the moment. You're, when you do find out it's the Giants and you're already right there in the stadium, what happens next? It was surreal. The first thing that I remember, honestly, was Aaron Rowan coming out of the clubhouse to congratulate me and give me a big hug, you know, and I gave him a big hug. That was the first thing that I remember was, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is, this is, this is cool. You know, I'm getting welcomed, um, you know, just like that. It was, that's the first thing I remember was, was getting a big hug from, from, from Rowan saying, Hey man, congratulations. We're, we're happy to have you here. You said you wanted to stay in Pittsburgh but you're a West Coast guy and had never played out West. So was there some initial excitement because of that? You know, not really, to be honest with you, because, you know, everyone's going to hate this, but I grew up a Dodger fan. So I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> so for me, it was like not not. And, and I'm not saying because of the giant Dodger rivalry. I'm saying because it was Southern California versus Northern California. For me, it was as if I was across country being in Northern California. You know, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together and realize, okay, I'm close to home. I'm, it, was, it was, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to Southern California. So it wasn't like I was going back home it didn't feel like. You know, it wasn't until after everything settled down and I realized, wow, spring training's in Arizona. And this is awesome. Like, that I realized, okay, I'm close to home. People can, you know, it's a six-hour drive or whatever, and people can get up here quick and, and everything like that. So it was just different because I had never really been – to Northern California um, when I was a kid. You know, I just was always a Southern California kid, so it wasn't as if it, it wasn't as if I got traded to the Dodgers or the Angels or the even the Padres saying, oh, man, I'm going back to Southern California. Northern California to me was, was, was just as far as anywhere else at, at that time, you know? <laughs> How did Northern California end up uh, blending with what you thought it was going to be? Oh my gosh! I I couldn't. It was unbelievable. It it was, it was actually unbelievable. It was a lot colder than I thought it was going to be, because you know it was true. They were you know shoot. It was during the day. I'm like man, this is great. At night, I'm at second base with my hand in my pocket. Like oh my gosh, it's freezing. You know, anytime the sun went down, it just got cold. So it was a lot colder than home. But man, I'll tell you what. Just the that year and the following year, the atmosphere, the Sellout crowds, man, it was like just a big, a, a one home within 
the San Francisco area. It was just, it was crazy that the Bay area was just, it blew my mind. And to this day, I, I tell everyone that's probably the best places I've ever been. I mean, just, it, it blew my mind and, and, and it was a different thought than what I thought. I was thinking big city, you know, no one's going to be at the games. There's so much to do. And, and I couldn't have been further from the truth. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. At the time, the Giants are clearly on the rise. They won 88 games that year. They fall a little short of the playoffs, but Lincecum and Kane are establishing themselves. What were your impressions of the clubhouse upon arrival? You know, it was great. It, it, we had a mixture of, of, you know, that first year I was only there for, what was that, a month or so, you know? So it was kind of um, – uh, uh, I don't remember exactly how how long I was there for for the beginning, but it was kind of um, it was tough to get a grasp on. Okay, who's who? And once you got in that clubhouse, we had a bunch of different personalities that were just like, wow, this place was awesome. We had different personalities, but everybody meshed, you know. And and we just had a at, at that time it was kind of more of like a veteran group. I felt like, um, and it was just it was awesome. It, 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 everyone, like I said, rode welcomed me in and from there it was just it was just easy going once I got healthy you know obviously when I was there I think it was a series or two where I couldn't play I was out a couple first few weeks and and so that was a bummer yeah you mentioned being hurt at the time of the trade deadline and and the injuries kind of furthered a little bit after you arrived but what was interesting is the team saw enough in whatever you did that they they wanted you to stay because you're a free free agent coming up and, and they sign you. So what were those negotiations like? You know, they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't crazy. The negotiations were quick and easy. And like I said, once I got there and I saw the atmosphere and the direction and, and everything, the, the, the way the team was going, it was easy. I knew that's where I wanted to be. Um, I really did. Um, so as far as that, that was going, the contract stuff, I didn't even worry about that. I told my agent, this is where I want to be. Let's, let's get it done. Because like you said, at that point, with me being hurt, not sure, they could have easily said, hey, we're going to cut ties and, and be done. And uh, the fact that they didn't, you know, just was just a, you know, we all know Saves, how, how loyal and how much of a great, awesome guy he is. Um, you know, I, I felt like he, when he made that trade, he kind of saw me, um, in his at least the near future with with the team and, and and he stayed loyal to that you know to this day i'm i'm so appreciative of that we go to the next full year uh assuming that you you've got your health at this point ready to roll first full year with the giants you guys go to houston you sweep the astros right away to open the season do you have a sense right off the bat that that you guys have a little something special that year you know i did but it, 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 it's always that way, to be honest with you. The first, you know, I remember when I was, in, you know, in, in Pittsburgh and we'd, we'd go in and take two or three of the Cardinals and you always have that, oh, man, this is going to be the year. You know, like people are telling us we can't do it. We're going to prove everybody wrong. So at that point, it's like, okay, we came in here, we swept, and, and, and let's go to work. But um, I don't think at that point it was like, okay, we got something special here yet, but we knew that we had – we had a good thing going, and we were going to compete that, that year. You know, everybody looks back on seasons like that, and they go, oh, wow, you know, they, they won it all. It must have just been joyous the whole time. But I, I was diving in. Go to July 4th. You guys lose three out of four against Colorado, and you fall 
at that point, halfway point in the season to just one game over 500. You're 41 and 40 to end the first half of the season. What what are you guys all thinking at that point? You know, it, it's tough. It's tough because, um, you know, we like you said, we lost three out of four. We dropped, you know, to where we were barely around 500, and we're thinking, okay, stay strong. This is a long season. You know, um, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. We just gotta we gotta pick it up the second half and really, you know, I think it was the Padres that were just running away with everything that year, um, yep. and and we just had to try to keep it close. Try to just we were trying to uh, the uh, just keep pace with the Padres for that for the rest of the year and and hopefully close at the end. But you know, when you get once you finish that first half, you're kind of you know everyone's kind of down a little bit when we lost three out of four. But we know that there's a whole nother half left, so we knew that there was plenty of baseball left for us. You guys ended up picking up some really interesting players along the way that year, guys who contributed at a high level. Cody Ross, Pat Burrell, you had been a midseason pickup the year before, so you kind of know what goes into that and what those guys uh, can really do. What, what did those guys add for you that year? Oh, they added they added everything. They really did. I mean – when you when you look at Pat, Pat is to this day um, probably the one of the best teammates I've had um, as far as just his knowledge, his his experience, him being a mentor. You know, Pat was a big video guy and breaking things down, and he picked up things a lot of teams did. It. He was just your ultimate veteran that that was just a phenomenal teammate. Whether you were a younger guy, older guy, he just was a great teammate. And then you had Cody come in with a, with a, you know, just his his energy, his positive energy that he brought every day, the motivation he brought every day, and you know he just that he was flat out hitting, you know he could, just a great player defensively, solid as can be. So you make two pickups like that, and and you know that's kind of where once we started to play together and gel, it was kind of like, okay, this is we, we can do something here, you know. It's interesting what you're saying about Burl because I don't think that's the, the fan perception of him. The fan perception is obviously this guy has a lot of fun. He might add, you know, add a loose vibe to, uh, to the clubhouse, and then he goes out there and just swings for it all. You're painting the picture uh, of, a, of a guy much more tapped in to the clubhouse and the cognitive side of baseball. Oh, it, 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 even as players, you kind of, until you played with Pat, you didn't know what he what he was about, and I'm telling you this: he was the first one to the field and one of the last ones to leave. I mean, that guy was a true professional and a just a true golly, just a great teammate, just someone that that you want by your side and in your clubhouse. And I really believe he was one of the big reasons why we we took off. I mean, just having his presence around. Um, was crazy and, and and like you said i know that probably fans and everyone thinks oh no pat just likes to go have fun and he's a big character but but i'm telling you he was he was fantastic he's he's true true professional of the game really true professional uh, i remember sitting down with him looking at video him telling me you know was talking together about pitchers tipping their pitches what to look for just things things of that nature of you know working on our swings working on everything he really brought that into that clubhouse where it wasn't just me that, that we were working on things with. It was everybody just 
everybody in the clubhouse and and uh uh he was a huge part of of the success that we had that said i have to imagine he also added some moments of levity for all of you guys oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh oh it was great he 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 you know he he had, he brought so much professionalism that but he also kept us all even keel he the guy was a jokester he uh so witty, so smart, just knew when to crack jokes, knew when to, I mean, he, and nobody was off limits for him. You know, if he was going to wear you out, you were getting worn out, whether you were one of the coaches, a player, it didn't matter. So uh, not so much the coaches, but the, even the veterans, rookies, it didn't matter, but everyone knew that he was joking and, and, and uh, he brought some fun to that clubhouse. I'll tell you. That series we mentioned against Colorado after that, you guys only lost five more games the rest of July. Do you remember that time and what was going on with the team as you really started to take off? Yeah, I, I just remember that it, it was go time. It was it was um, us coming together, um, ready to ready to roll for that second the second half. And and the good thing is we did obviously in baseball you don't get two down. You try not to get two down. We knew we we had a good team. We had a solid team that if we just kept grinding, um, we could do some, some good things. And, and, and we just went on a roll. You know, we went on a roll that month, and, 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 uh, and we tried to just keep it, keep it going. On a personal level, you really started to light it up in August. You had 10 multi-hit games. You had back-to-back four-hit games against the Reds in late August. You guys are in second place at the time, four games out, but you're, you're really starting to carry them at that time. What do you remember about that 24-hour stretch when you had eight hits? You know, it, it, it's funny because this baseball obviously is just a crazy game. You can just feel like you're on top of the world. You, you know, the ball looks like a giant beach ball. And there's other times it's like an aspirin. It looks like an aspirin in a shot out of a shotgun. You know, it's just like you for, you're like, can, do I remember how to hit? Um, I just remember um, feeling good, feeling confident, feeling. And I remember that series. that We were at home, right, against the Reds? Yes. Yes, I remember. And it, it, it's funny. I'm going to go back to Pat. But I remember I was feeling I wasn't feeling good at the plate. I was feeling terrible. And, you know, Pat had told me about his, his uh, Phillies days, about how, you know, he had 50 million people in his ear talking about hitting and this and that. And he, he, I'll never forget it. He told me, he says, a lot of people tell you to start earlier. Oh, you got to start earlier. You got to start earlier. Well, um, I'll never forget we were playing the Reds. And I think it might have been Wood. He was a lefty on the mound. I think it was um, – would but i'm not sure anyway um he told me he goes listen instead of starting earlier i want you to start later start later slow everything down relax yourself and i'll never forget after that conversation that series i think i hit a home run that game um we were at home and it just clicked after that my whole approach changed everything changed and and i just felt like just so confident the rest of the the rest of the year uh, you did muscle up and go deep in that second game. So now looking back on that, I mean, you, we always hear about athletes who visit the, the zone. Uh, were, were you in the zone? High drive. Left field. Out of here. It's official. He's hot. 
4-0 Giants. Sanchez is third of the year. You go 0-2 to 3-2 and then go out of the ballpark. That is an exceptional at that. In that, in that, in that particular uh, series, I was. I, 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 and I, I'll never forget it. I went from an 0-2. I was down 0-2, came back to 3-2 and hit the homer. So I went from 0-2 to 3-2. And, you know me, to, you know, I kind of – I didn't hit very many of them, so I try to kind of remember the ones that I did hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But – uh, you know, I, I'm just, I was just thinking, man, I'm having a great at-bat. I felt so good, so confident, and whenever I hit the ball, it was, please get over the outfielder's head. Please get over the outfielder's head. You know, get over his head, get over his head. And then when I – but for some reason, that, that ball, when I hit it, I knew I had gotten it, and I just felt like, okay, this is, this is where I'm going. This, this, is, this is where I go, you know. Um, and once, once an athlete and uh, – uh, gets that confidence it, it just it's it takes that momentum and that confidence to, to, to start feeling uh to feeling good and, and that's why you know I coach my little guys now and the one thing I always tell them is listen no matter what I want you guys to have confidence at all times whether you're 0 for 10 0 for 15 you got to go up to the plate like you have that confidence playing defense pitching whatever it is always have confidence because that's what that's what separates um you know the great athletes is they're they're always confident, ready to go. So I just felt, I just felt uh, so good, ready to roll. And um, yeah, I remember that. It's crazy. Uh, you do remember that, by the way. I it, it was Travis Wood. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I I'm telling you, I it, it's funny <laughs> you brought that series up because that's where, like I said, I had that talk with Pat, and I it, I started later, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked. You know, and I'm thinking. Holy cow, I did it again, did it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm rolling. Here we go. And a lot of times, you know, <laughs> professional athletes that go in a slump, they do this, they do that, they don't forget how to hit. And I tell the, our little guys that, like, listen, they don't forget how to hit. They're just mentally not as confident as they should be at that moment. They just got to remember how, how, how good they are and how confident they need to be, and then they'll, they'll find it again. But, but yeah, I, I, I remember that. The Padres go into a tailspin in September. Describe what that chase felt like. You know, it was so crazy because we felt like it was like they were so I – mean, I, don't, I don't remember how many games they were up, but they were up big at one point. And, and I felt like even at one point when we were winning, they were winning, we couldn't catch out, couldn't catch out. September came, and it was like they were losing, we were still winning, and it was like, oh, wow, we have a – we have a shot, you know, we can do this. And then you're looking at the calendar and you see that we have them to finish up the series at home. And, and once, once we saw that, it was kind of like, let, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's, you know, I mean, it, 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 you would have talked to us two months ago. It wouldn't have even have been possible. It felt like, you know, cause they, they were on a roll for most of the year. And, uh, and uh, it was something that we we kind of took pride in, like let let let's do this, let's make this as close as we can, let's see let's see where we can get with you know trying to catch them. Uh, you guys were seven and a half out at that halfway point we had referenced, and then August twenty eighth, uh, you are six games out uh, as you're you're getting ready to go into September. So that's how much ground you made up to the point where you ended up not just catching them. I mean, you had a three game lead to start that series. Uh, at, at the end of the year, and and the city, as you know, so starved for a winner, 
And, and I wonder what your impressions were. You, you touched on it a bit earlier. You know, you had played for a short time in Boston, so I'm sure you had experienced an engaged fan base before, but but how did San Francisco compare with, with anything that you had experienced before? No, never. Like nothing I've experienced. Like nothing I've experienced. It, it, that's why I say San Francisco fans are some of the best fans in, in sports. I mean, you really have to go up there and feel. Playing in that stadium every day was like nothing I played in ever when it was sold out every single game. And you look up, everyone's in black and orange and and. And, and that's, you know, right now, that's one of the biggest things I miss is just stepping on that field in front of all those fans. I mean, it was, it was like nothing um, I had ever experienced, and, uh, and it was truly, truly special uh, to be part of, uh, you know, to, to, to say that I was part of the San Francisco Giants history and was, was fortunate enough to be able to play in, in, in front of the uh, San Francisco fans. It's truly, it's truly special and will always be with me. You guys go into that final weekend against the Padres knowing you just have to have one game. But then, of course, you lose the first two. So yeah. take us inside going going into the final day of the season. You know if you win, you're in the playoffs for the first time in, in your life. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was pretty tense. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it was almost kind of eerily quiet a little bit. The good thing is we had Huff and Burl and, and everybody at Wilson and everybody else in that clubhouse that wouldn't let it get too quiet, you know? Um, but it was kind of, <laughs> it was a different feeling. It was a different feeling that last day, knowing, um, knowing that this is going to, if we win that, we win the West, you know what I mean? So we, we win the, the NL West, right? If we win that game, um, so it wasn't only getting in the playoffs. It was a matter of, of I believe we won the, the NL West with that, uh, if we win that last game. Am, am I right? Yes. Yes, that is yeah, correct. We, so, so it was, you know, it was, hey, we're going to – we either win the West, and I don't even know if we lose if we get into the wild card. Um, well, so if you we lose, if you, lose you would have had a, a one-game – you would have had a one-game playoff the next day playoff. against the Padres. Like, in other words, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So if we win, we, it's, it's over. And so I just remember it was kind of quiet. I remember being down in the tunnel. There wasn't much going on. You know, I always got there early and hit and it was just, it was kind of quiet down there. Um, and we knew we had to take care of business. Um, we knew we had jo- uh, Jonathan Sanchez on the mound, and, um, we, it was, it was, it was all or nothing. This game was all or nothing. So, it was just um, those are the moments you you play for as a player, though. Those are the moments you want to be in, um, uh, and 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 let's go. So, and I think that game was like shoot, might have been zero zero going into like the fifth, sixth, or seventh. I think. I don't think I think Jonathan was pitching a gem. I don't remember who was pitching for them, but I know it was zero zero um, late in the game. Yeah, you ended up winning the game three to nothing. Um, the right. uh, Latos, Matt Latos was the starting pitcher oh, yeah. for uh, and he, for uh, for the Padres in that game. Yeah, yeah, and he was a big, big, strong arm pitcher, gamer, real intensity, yep. intense guy, and and him and Jonathan were having a battle. We're having a battle, and uh, 
I think it was Jonathan Sanchez who got a big hit for us. He might have got a double or a triple. I, I don't think I don't know if we had any hits or if we didn't, we weren't mustering up much. Uh, but I think he's the one that got us going. So not only was he pitching for us, I think he got the big hit for us to, to, to get get us rallied. You had been pulled late in that game on a double switch. So do you remember when the final out is recorded? Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you looking for? You know what? That was kind of a blur, to be honest with you. I know I would have been in the dugout ready to, you know, to, to, to as soon as that bottom of the ninth came, you know, I'm, I don't think I was looking for anybody. I was just looking to, to go wild. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go crazy here. We all wanted to go rush. I'm sure it was, was Weez who closed it out, uh, and we just wanted to get to the mound as quickly as possible. That's all I remember is, is we just want to charge. By the way, uh, Jonathan Sanchez did have a triple in the game. Do you remember who drove him in? I think it was me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was. <laughs> I, I remember that was our, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, I remember him getting that triple, you know, and I'm fired up. I'm like, dude, we, I, I get up to the plate. Well, I think somebody, I, obviously I wasn't leadoff, so it might have been Torres or someone. I don't remember how many outs there were. Um, I know there was at least one, maybe two outs, and I'm thinking. There, there were two. Yeah, there were there two. There were two outs. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, it's a 0-0 ball game, right, at that point? That's correct. Yeah, it was 0-0, and I'm thinking, okay, I cannot <laughs> let Jonathan, who's pitching a gem, hit a triple, and we're not getting this run. And I just remember trying to lock myself in, and I'm like, you got to get this done. You've got to get this done. And I remember battling, 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 and uh, putting that ball in play. I think I hit it to center. But I'm not sure. Um, but I just remember it was just a huge weight. Like, oh my gosh, okay, we at least we're up one zero now. We're up one zero. Jonathan's triple wasn't for nothing. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Uh, which of course you did. Let's go now to the playoffs uh, for a first timer. What was that experience like? Crazy, awesome, everything that I would hope in. Um, it, it, it was nuts. We, uh, you know, we had the Braves, right? I remember we yes, had the first, Braves. Yes, and, yes, we had the Braves first, and um, I remember. I think it was one to one in the series, and we're in Atlanta. And um, I remember, um, you know, Atlanta obviously had a great squad that year and I remember being up against Kimbrell late in the game and I tell you what remember when I said it looked you know it could look like a big beach ball or a, a aspirin getting shot out of a gun well he was throwing me fastballs that I was like to this day everyone's like oh who's the toughest fastball you've ever faced I'm like Craig Kimbrell his ball elevated and he threw me two fastballs that I wasn't even close to making contact with. Like, not even close. We had um, – and it, we're down to the last out. We're down to the last out. And, and, and everyone, you know, talks about the World Series and, and everything like that. I think that could be – he threw me an off-speed pitch that I was fortunate enough just to make contact with because I was the last out. That was it. We strike out. I think they go up two games to one. 
if I'm not mistaken. And so he throws me an off-speed pitch. I'm like, thank God. You know, I had no chance to hit his fastball. For whatever reason that game, I just I couldn't hit his fastball. And I knew it. And so he threw me the off-speed pitch. So he threw me a couple other fastballs that I fouled off just to throw my bat out there to foul off. And he threw me an off-speed pitch, and I hit it up the middle. And to this day, I still feel like that's probably one of the biggest hits in, in, in my history that I've ever had was because if I strike out there, the game's over, and I think they go up 2-1. to one. So, um, and we ended up rallying. I, th- I know Ish had a phenomenal at-bat. Huffy had a big hit. I come around scoring just like that. I think we were up. We ended up winning that game. And, and I feel like that was the turning point for us for the playoffs. That was the turning point. And for me, that was, I think, my biggest hit, like I said, in my career. Um, because if I strike out there, the game's over and, and, and we're done. And who knows where the series goes yeah, from there. So it was a – go ahead. No, your, your memory is absolutely on point on, uh, on the top of the ninth of, of that game three. Uh, you guys win the very next one, and you're out of round one and on to, to Philadelphia. And the Philly series, I, I mean, as a fan, kind of had an intimidating feel to it. You know, the fans in that city, they were the favorite. They had home field. They had Halliday. They had Oswald. Um, and, and in that series, you went three for four in that closeout game. Describe what's going on when Juan Uribe hits the eighth inning home run. Oh, my gosh. Just to go back to what you were saying about kind of intimidating series, a crazy – because I think we got into it with them, too. I think Jonathan Sanchez – didn't Jonathan Sanchez, like, we almost get in a brawl or something like that in that series? Was that the series or, or no? Am I mistaken? It might have been. I think, yeah, yes, there were – it got it – got, it got testy. I don't know if it was a full-level yeah. brawl, but yes. Yeah, no, not a brawl, not a brawl, but it kind of got chippy a little bit. But um, as far as that is probably the loud, loudest, most competitive series I had ever played in was, was against the Phillies. That, and trust me, I'm not discounting the World Series or anything, but that was louder, more intense, more everything I feel than than possibly the World Series. It was just, it was a dogfight. I mean, two teams just battling. They had, you know, a stacked team. We go into to Philly and things are getting testy. It was crazy. It it was crazy. That because that series could have gone either way. And I I I I, I really believe that series is what set us up to win the World Series. Because I, in my mind, I was thinking there's, there could, there's no way another series can be this intense and this crazy and this uh, emotional. Uh, there's no way. I mean, we went into a hostile environment. It was nuts. And to be able to pull that out, I think it kind of was like eased everybody. Like, we did this. We can do this. Let's finish it. You know? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a that was a big boy series that you guys pull off, and so when that game ends, it's official. You're going to the World Series. W- what happens after the game? Fans see all the interviews, they see the champagne, but how long does this continue for for you guys? Describe the rest of the night. Oh, the rest of the night was great. Uh, I think we. Uh, I can't remember if we. 
I'm sure we had to go home that night. I'm almost positive. I don't think we stayed there. Um, but either way, I remember it was just a big party. I mean, shoot, we're going to the World Series. Um, for me, shoot, a kid that never even went to the playoffs, going to the World Series is like it was the World Series for me. You know, it was like this is what yeah, I've played yeah. for my whole <laughs> life. This is what I've dreamt of. This is everything that has happened. Um, you know, I, I, I true believer that things happen for a reason. And, and I, you know, I get the thoughts going back of me coming up with Pittsburgh, me, you know, winning my batting title in Pittsburgh. And I love the Pittsburgh fans and I get traded. And then the emotion of that, uh, cause I felt like that was my home at that time and to get traded, just all the emotions go in your head. And, and you realize that, that I realize that, Oh my gosh, San Francisco's my home. This is, this is what I was brought here to, to help accomplish. This is what I was brought here to help do all the, the day's training, all the hitting, all the, you know, going out on the tennis courts at night, throwing the ball against the wall and playing baseball on the tennis courts because that was the only place that had lights. Just everything that I've worked for was coming, was coming um, to fruition. You know, it was just, it was, it was amazing. Okay, quick pause to thank our sponsor, T-Mobile. It's never been more important to stay connected. And T-Mobile has taken steps to support customers along with frontline workers nationwide during these uncertain times. They've been amazing. T-Mobile responded to customer needs by increasing network capacity, lifting smartphone data caps, and increasing data allowances for schools and students in the Empower Ed program. They've also committed to donate $2.5 million to over 100 local schools and Boys and Girls Club of America, which provides childcare for our nation's first responders and healthcare workers, meals for families in need, and more. T-Mobile is committed to supporting customers, communities, and thanking frontline workers across the nation. Visit T-Mobile.com for more information. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. Before we dive into those World Series games specifically, uh, give us an umbrella view of what the entire experience was like that week for you and your family. It was crazy. It was crazy because I believe that was Halloween. Uh, I believe when we went to, uh, you know, obviously the week leading up or the week during the World Series? Well, just the whole thing. And you're right. It was Halloween was the, the Madison Bumgarner game four in Texas. Yes. So I remember that because, uh, you know, we took our kids' costumes and our kids are, are trick-or-treating in the hotel. You know, the wives and the, the, the staff for San Francisco set up this awesome thing where, you know, we're on our way to the World Series. But before that, we're, we're you know, holding hands with our kids trick-or-treating door-to-door in the hotel. <laughs> you know, like it was <laughs> – it was awesome. It was great that our families were there. The Giants set this up, and, and, and we're sitting there trick-or-treating. And, you know, in 10 minutes, like, all right, guys, let's get on the bus. We're going to go play a World Series game. You know, it, it was just great. Was trick-or-treating happening at, like, noon? How did you, oh, yeah. you had a trick, game that yes, night? Trick-or-treating, no, trick-or-treating was happening. Uh, I can't remember what time all the, the guys had to get on the bus. Um, uh, all the guys had to get on the bus, but – you know, if it, if we were getting on the bus at two o'clock, let's say, yeah, we were trick or treating like at twelve thirty, twelve noon. It was awesome. So, and and some of the, you know, they had it all planned out. The wives and the the front office for the Giants, they had it all planned out. So some of the rooms were decorated, and we just went door to door with the kids. And 
you know, they got into the hotel room and they knew what rooms to go to and, and they were passing out candy, all the, all the, the families and stuff. So it was, it was, it was, it was just great. Uh, that's so fun. That's so fun. All right, let's back up, though. Let's go back to San Francisco, game one. All right, you're, you're facing the supposedly unhittable Cliff Lee, and the team is already down 2 nothing early. Uh, Lee had never lost a postseason start at that time. I saw prognosticators say the Giants better assume they're already down two games to none going into this series because you're not going to beat Lee. So he gets those two. Were, were you guys hearing all that? Were you aware of that talk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we hear everything, you know. I mean, you try, to, you try to drown everything out, but at the end of the day, you hear everything, and, and, and you know what's going on. And, my goodness, he was fantastic. I mean, he, you know, one of the best pitchers around, especially in the postseason. So you're like, dude, this guy is, is – you just got to go up there. You know you're going to have a battle on your hands. You know, and, and you take stuff like that personal, like, hey, they're already, they're already giving them game one. You know, they're already giving them game one. We have no chance. Let's, let's prove everyone wrong. So what was your game plan against Lee? Because first at bat, it, it, bang, it, it, double to right. It, it, well, here's a funny story. So my buddy, Jack Wilson, who faced, he's one of my best friends, you know, in baseball, uh, he faced Lee quite a bit. And he, he, he told me, he's like, Freddie, you're going to get an outside cutter first pitch. You're going to get an outside cutter. No matter what, you're getting an outside cutter. And uh, so in my head going up to, to hit, I'm thinking I'm getting an outside cutter and I'm swinging no matter what. Like I'm swinging. And what do you know? I get an outside cutter. Didn't go completely as planned because I stuck my bat out. And it snapped in half. <laughs> but the ball <laughs> fell down and I'm, I'm on second for a double. So I was swinging that first pitch no matter what. I was like, you're swinging. You're swinging. You're going to get this outside cutter. You're going to swing. Little did I know, I'm thinking I'm going to barrel it up. I snap my bat. I barely get wood on it, but it goes in, and I'm like, thank goodness. So, you know, so, and, and yeah. How did Jack Wilson have that intel? Well, he faced him. He faced him. He had faced Cliff Lee several times, and I, I don't, up until that point, I don't know if I had ever faced him. All I know is that this guy is dominate, dominating, you know. Um, but he had faced him because I think uh, – I don't remember how. I don't know if I had ever faced him. But, I mean, we all – everyone knew. It wasn't a secret that he was going to throw. I mean, that was Cliff, Cliff Lee's pitch with the cutter, you know. Right. But I just had that in my head. You know, I'm like, okay, thanks, Jack. Like, okay, you know, like his cutter's filthy, you know. Letting me know it's going outside is, is definitely thank you. Like, okay. But you don't think it's actually going to happen. And it happened, and I still couldn't get great wood on it. <laughs> I got enough wood, but I'm like, dude, this guy's this good where I know, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of guessing what pitch is coming, and I'm, I'm still breaking my bat. What's going on here? Well, what adjustments did you then make to each other? Because you started to get good wood on it for the next two doubles. Second at bat. It's another double. This one, by the way, gets the team on the board in the World Series for the first time that night. That gets the stadium going. That gets the city going. So this was a huge momentum moment for, for you and the team on that second double. Sanchez, a former batting champion in the National League. At 292 during the regular season. That's a line drive, base hit to left. Giants are on the board. In to score, rent to rear. 
Torres will hold it third. It's two to one. Sanchez is red hot. Two doubles tonight. Yeah, I, I, I remember battling with him. I remember battling with him. And I just remember saying, I got to get this done. I think it might have been Torres on second base or third base. Um, when I drove him in, I think there was two outs. But in my head, I'm thinking, I'm just going to battle. So even though I had that broken bat hit in baseball, sometimes it takes a weak hit, a blooper, something to get your confidence really going. And after I got that, I kind of settled down and felt, okay, let's go. This is, I'm feeling good. And I remember battling and battling, battling him, hit a ball to left. I think it went by the third baseman. And that's when I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. Um, and, and, you know, we just went from there. I wonder also, this is such a big moment, and, and, and these hits we're talking about put you on base. And, and so you're a base runner. You need to be actively into to, to what's happening next. And, and the stage is so large, and you've already mentioned what it feels like in that stadium. The, the fan base was, was so engaged. So did that portion of the game feel different or more nerve-wracking? Uh, yeah, no, a little, not really, you know, not really. Everything was intense. Like I said, that game one was one of the loudest, also one of the loudest stadiums I had ever been in. The fans were going crazy. Everyone was going crazy. It was just, it was just one of those moments where the whole game was, was, was just intense. The whole game was intense for me. And, and you can feel you know, whenever you're hitting and, you know, you'll have some people chanting your name or doing whatever, you get even a little bit higher. You get a little bit more um, emotional. You get a little bit more energy um, to try to obviously produce for your team, but also for the fans and, and, and get them into the game. Third at bat, another double. And this one gives the Giants the lead that they would not give up the rest of the homestand. You mentioned earlier loving that at bat against Kimbrell against the Braves a couple series earlier, but I wonder where you would put this swing of the bat in in terms of your career. Yeah, I, I, I put it up there because – but here's another funny story is I hit that ball, and, you know, I know the ball doesn't travel well in San Francisco at night especially, but I'm thinking this could help – you know, and I'm not a home run hitter, but I hit that ball I thought so well I'm like – Oh, my gosh, this thing has a chance. Not only is it a guy who's hot swinging the bat, but you can see how locked in Freddie Sanchez is with the way he's taking pitches. Yeah. That's in the air to left center field, and the Giants have their first lead of the night. Another double locked in. With that, Freddie Sanchez is the first player in World Series history to have three straight doubles in his first three at-bats during the fall classic and he has just put san francisco on top for the first time tonight and it ends up bouncing and i'm like what you know i'm like <laughs> like what is going on here like finally i'm thinking because i never whenever i hit a ball i put my head down and run because i yeah, that's just the kind of guy i am and this one i'm thinking not only get over the outfielder's head but this could have a chance. This could have a chance. And it bounces. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, uh, yes, I do rank this, this hit up there 
I was just at that point moment in the game, I was feeling so good. I just, I was confident I was going to get the job done. I, I wanted to be in that spot, whether I got the job done or not, I want to be the guy in that spot. And it just felt so good off the bat. Um, and I remember just getting good wood on it and feeling like, okay, we got this, this, this is our game. We, you know, hopefully this is, this is what it took to, to, to finish it. Obviously we had a, several more innings left but I'm like this is this is it you know we 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 got this well that inning was the inning as it turns out a few batters later the Juan Uribe home run breaks the game open how do you put into words the entire stadium in that moment oh my gosh just crazy just crazy and actually you mentioned Juan Uribe and I forgot that I didn't talk to you about it earlier I I totally apologize um, but that, that stadium was, uh, was intense. It, and, and if anybody knows Uribe, you know, he just, it couldn't happen to a better, better player, better teammate, just, uh, just a, a happy go lucky, great, great, um, person. And, uh, when he hit that, the, the, the stadium was, uh, it was electrifying. It was, uh, it was awesome. Unbelievable. Uh, let's flash back forward to Halloween and go to the actual game, the Bumgarner game, as it's called. Uh, I was watching highlights of this. You had a huge defensive game that night. Do you recall some of those plays? I do. I do. I, I remember, uh, yeah, I actually I think I remember all of them, to be honest with you. And I don't remember much, but I remember <laughs> uh, just Bum being in the zone, Bum being just locked in and, and – you know, I, when I played second, uh, third, short, whenever I played defense, I always made it a game within a game, meaning I'm not going to let this guy get it by me. I'm going to win this inning versus him. So it wasn't just the Giants versus him. It was me not letting anything. I took pride in my defense. My whole life I've always taken pride in my defense, and I always made it a game like, okay, this guy's not going to beat me this inning. Anything hits this side, he's out. And, and I remember just being locked in on defense that game where Bum was just dealing and knowing that I was stepping up my game just as much as he did defensively to make sure that I'm not the reason why we're not going to get this, this win. So uh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember making those plays. I remember um, uh, I think it was Frank Kaur that hit uh, a gapper that I think I felt like I jumped six feet in the air and probably got up six inches, uh, you know, to make a snow cone grab. Uh, you know, I remember the double plays turning. I just remember being just – I was always an, a high-energy guy on defense anyways and always moving and couldn't sit still. But I just remember that game saying, you know, just being in the zone defensively where anything hit over here and, and, and they have no chance, you know. That was what was going through my head. The very next night, game five, you had a base hit there. San Francisco wins a World Series for the first time ever. What's going through your mind? Uh, what, what feelings are going through your body? Everything. Everything. Just from, you know, from when I was a kid to where I came from to, to this moment of bringing San Francisco something that has never been done before. Uh, their first World Series was 
was crazy. You know, I mean, obviously we've known all the unbelievable players that have come through San Francisco, the unbelievable teams, and for our team to be the first one to do it was just amazing. And and I feel like you know we did it for all the the past players and past teams, and and for for all the fans. And and to this day, the the this is how much I love San Francisco and the fans. I will get people coming up to me this day that are San Francisco fans that just want to shake my hand and say thank you. It, it's just crazy. I remember right after that World Series going to Disneyland with my family and people just coming up, not caring for an autograph, not anything, but just saying thank you, and that's it. And, and it, it, I get the chills even right now. When people come up and they're, hey, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Like that San Francisco fans for you. Just the appreciation that they had, the diehard fans um, just wanting to thank me, you know, for, for helping bring one of the, the, the first World Series to, to San Francisco. Just, it, it's, it's crazy. It gives me the chills every time. And, and obviously, you know, I don't get recognized out here much or I don't get recognized – you know, much anywhere, which is, which is great, you know, which is fine, but you'll get one every now and then, and they'll just come up and say, thank you, which is, which is, you know, and I'm thanking them. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for, for supporting us and, and, and getting us through that because obviously I truly believe, and I think I can speak for everyone that we can do it without the, the fans the energy they brought to that stadium every day, us being down a certain amount of games and coming back, you know, catching, catching up to the Padres. Uh, we can't play this game without their energy. And, and, and that, and that year was just, golly, it's the most special, you know, one of the most special years of my, my, not only my career, but my life. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Well, I think what you just said there at the end, it, it wasn't just one of the most special years of your career. It, it, it might be the most special year in the history of the San Francisco Giants organization because, as, as we say, if we're talking about our kids, if we're talking about our, our love, whatever it is, there's nothing like the first, you know, and, and, and right. I think that's why people react to you that way. Right, right, right. And, 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 and it's still – Sits with, I mean, it just, it, it still sits with me. I, I, I don't forget what happened that year. I don't forget what we went through as a team, the, the craziness of the clubhouse. And, and we had so many different personalities on that team. So many different personalities. And we all came together that year for one reason. Um, and, and, and to say that we accomplished it and were able to do it, I mean, not, not too many people get to, get to, get to say that. You know, it's so appropriate me, as know. well because, yeah, I mean, at, at the time, you're still in your early, early 30s, and you've got to be thinking, or, or at least I would guess, that you've got a lot of baseball left. Uh, as it turns out, with injuries, you didn't have a whole lot of time left. So what, yeah. what does it mean to you that you made such an imprint with the organization and snuck in that ring before you left the game? It means everything. It, it truly means everything to me because I don't know if I've told you this or, but one of my biggest, you know, reg not regrets, but my biggest disappointment was not being able to stay healthy in San Francisco. That was, 
not getting, you know, I, I feel like the fans got one year to see me really play at my ability and because of injuries, um, you know, and I'm still dealing with injuries. I, you know, I got back, I got knee, I got, you know, I got all this stuff, but that was one of my biggest disappointments was not being able to come back from what turns out my career ending injury, not being able to come back and, uh, play another game in San Francisco is, it, it hurts. It, it really does. Um, I feel like I, I gave everything I had, my body. I threw my body out there. And I, I tell everybody this right to this day. I say, yeah, my shoulder is sitting somewhere behind second base right now in San Francisco still. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just sitting there. You know, I, I, I did the best I could do, and, and I wanted to come back. And and I wish there, there were more more years that I could have, could have um, you know, lived up to the – fans' expectations, or, or not, not their expectations, my expectations for them to see me play at my best. And the fact that I wasn't able to do it for multiple years there, uh, it stings me to this day. Well, they say that uh, players, you know, leave it all out on the field. It, it, it sounds like you, you truly did. <laughs> I truly did. I truly did. And, you know, even to this day, I can, I can barely play long toss with my, with my own son, you know, uh, so I knew at the time I wanted to make a comeback. I wanted to come back, and the man above said, "Nah, your 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 body's done. This is this is not where you're supposed to be." So, unfortunately, uh, I was never able to play again. But to know that my last game was 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 as a as a San Francisco Giant, you know, it 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 eases my my pain a little bit. Freddie, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, you you really left your mark. And uh, this conversation was an absolute blast. I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Hey, of course. Thanks for having me. Always, guys. Anything, anything you guys need, you know, I'm, I'm here. So anytime you guys need anything. But thanks for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive conversations, subscribe to the Inside Giant Moments podcast presented by T-Mobile now. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.